I believe that God has given me a word today that's going to give you some, some wind underneath your sails. It's going to lift your spirit up today, and I'm excited to share it with you. Um, it's just been something that's been burning in my heart, and uh, I'm just excited that everybody's here and ready to go. Um, today I've entitled, if you're taking notes, today I've entitled putting the super in your natural, okay? So anybody want some super in your natural? All right, there's a lot of natural going on around us, but if we add some super to it, that's when things start to move. And I'm excited about that. I'm excited about what God is starting to do inside of us. You know, a lot of times we can, we can think, you know, the supernatural move of God is this some far off thing and, and it's something that only comes every once in a while. It's almost like you're waiting on a fairy godmother to come with her magic wand, you know, and the, opens, the heavens open wide and, you know, God comes down and miracles just start to take place. Um, but how many have ever tried to wave your magic wand over traffic to get out of your way? Okay, doesn't work too well, does it? Or um, even better yet, uh, have you ever waved your magic wand over Ikea furniture and just told it to assemble itself? Yes, no, it doesn't work. And, and the same thing with the move of God, it doesn't work like that. And, and a lot of times the miracles of God are in their most natural state in the mundane moments. And that's what we don't realize is we wait for this miraculous moment where, God comes down in his glory and reveals himself. But that's not how it happens. It's in the mundane moments where God shows up in the moments that you think, oh, my word, I just got out of bed. I don't feel so good. I need my coffee. I'm on my way to work. There's stuff going on in my life. And in those moments, God wants to show us how he can direct our steps and come in and bring the super to our natural. Are you ready for that? I believe that we're, we're, we're finding out that there's going to be a shift in the atmosphere. And I feel like in your life right now, there's going to be a shift in your atmosphere. There's, it's not going to be the same as it always has been because something's going to change inside of you. And that's what it is. God is waiting to move, and he's just waiting for you to get in alignment with what he's doing. It, it's not like we're waiting on a move of God because God is moving already. It's just that we need to align ourselves with what he's doing, and so we get in the flow and find out the supernatural is just one call away. Thank you, Charlie Puth. Matthew chapter 14, we're going to hit this story up. This is one of Jesus' most famous miracles in the Bible. And uh, I want to look, I want to just tear it apart a little bit because I believe there's some nuggets of, of gold in here that we need to apply to our life to bring the super to our natural. Um, so chapter, four, chapter 14, verse 9 He's talking about King Herod, and he just had a birthday party. His daughter danced for him. He's feeling good, so he made this promise. And then we, we, we get a, a little glimpse of it here in verse 9. It says, the king was distressed, and because of his oaths and his dinner guests, he ordered that her request be granted and had John beheaded in the prison. And this was John the Baptist. And his head was brought in on a platter and given to the girl who carried it to her mother. Now John's disciples came and took his body and buried it. Then they went and told Jesus. Now see, this is Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist. He was the one, the weirdo in the wilderness with the camel skin and eating the locusts. This was the guy that was crazy, but he was getting the, the world ready for the revealing of Jesus. And it was Jesus' cousin. And now, here in the midst of Jesus' ministry, when he's healing the sick and bringing the kingdom of God down to earth, his cousin dies in the middle of that. Have you ever had a, a tragic thing happen in your life where you're in the middle of doing God's work and all of a sudden catastrophe takes place and you're in the middle of something that is taking you down? And we all find ourselves because life 
happens. Life never stops happening. It will always happen. Things will happen in your relationship where you'll look at yourself and say, I thought I married for love. And it's not feeling like love right now. I thought we made a commitment to each other to be pure. And you're not keeping your end of the bargain. You know, you might come up with, with, with things that work and you're thinking, I'm working in the favor of God. And all of a sudden, you lose a promotion or someone else gets what you thought you deserved. And life happens. You lose a loved one. And all of a sudden, life is in chaos. And, and look at Jesus' response to this because I think we can learn a lot from this. Is, is in uh, verse 13, it says, when Jesus heard what had happened to his cousin, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Because Jesus understood something. He, he understood that his perspective was powerful. And everything in his life had to do with where his vision was. Um, and so Jesus had to get away and get his perspective back on because his mission was at, at hand right now. And in the middle of life, he had to get away in order to get with the king who had the vision for his life. Because sometimes, sometimes the things in your life that are visible will cloud your vision. They'll cloud your vision because the things that you see right now don't make sense with what God told you is coming later. You have this big grand picture of what God called you to and you're in the middle of chaos. But if you can redirect your eyes, you can redirect your emotions when a line can empower your efforts. You see, because emotions always follow your eyes. Your emotions always follow your eyes. And so wherever you're looking, that is where your heart and your emotions are going to be planted in. So if you keep your eyes, and Jesus knew this, if I keep my eyes here where my cousin, I lost my cousin, I lost, I'm going to miss out on everything I'm supposed to be doing here on earth. Because this earth is temporary. And Jesus knew that. And he said, if I can redirect my focus, and my number one point here is know your focus point. Because you got to know where to put your perspective in order to keep your gaze on the right things. Because if you don't, your focus point will become everything around you. But you got to keep your focus on what really matters in life. Um, we were at uh, the Please Touch Me Museum. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's amazing. And there's this big box maze room. And it was just boxes up like five feet tall. I'm going way up, but it's like right here. So for all the little kids, this was like humongo. I mean, my kids were loving it. They're about this tall. So they're running through there, and they have all these little uh, paths that veer off, and they go into a dead end, and then you can keep going around. Well, we're going around, and the kids are just loving it. They're running into this pathway and ending out a, a marker, and they're just laughing and giggling. And, and finally, they realize, yo, lie, dad can see over all the barriers. Dad can see what's coming. And they started asking, dad, is this the way to go? And, I, and you know, being dad, I'm like, yeah, but it was a barrier, you know what I mean? Because I was like, you know, I want to see how they do when they just hit the barriers. And I wonder if sometimes in our lives, God wants us to, to figure it out on our own because he knows if, if we won't figure it out on our own, we won't ever turn to him for direction. Because you see, God has this perspective where he sees all. He sees the pathways of your life, and he can direct you in a way to keep you on point with what he's called you to. But I wonder if sometimes we get so stubborn. Do we have any stubborn people in the house? I feel like I'm a little stubborn with God sometimes. I'm like, I know best. I know this is the door that you're kind of opening, but it doesn't look exactly what I had in mind. But I think so many times God needs to let us fail 
so that we'll know where to turn our focus to. Is that hitting home just a little bit? It hit home for me, and it kind of messes my theology up a little bit because, like, why would God let me fail? But I think he cares about us so much that sometimes he gives it into our hands a little bit until we'll trust him and say, you know what, Daddy, you see over the barriers. Father, you see everything that I can't see. You see that this, this blockade is going to go to a blockade, but, but you see the pathway that's going to lead me home and lead me to where I need to go. Because if you redirect your eyes, you can redirect your emotions and empower your efforts. Come on, how many want your efforts to be empowered by God? Come on, that, I mean, that's everything in my prayers right now is that, that God would absolutely empower me, that everything that I do wouldn't just be human ability, but it would be by his power and by his spirit. In Colossians 3, verse 1 through 2 says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is. Man, if we can get our eyes on where Christ is, he said, don't, you know, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Why? Because earthly things will change your vision earthly things will jack up the vision for your life because God has called you to greater things than what is temporary around you. Now, everybody else, that might be okay to be in the temporary, but not for you because God has called you to great things. Do you believe that? All right. You know, and and help me preach today if you can. Shout me down. You know, if you hear something that's good, you know, just shout me down a little bit. Is that cool? All right. Let's fill this place. Um, so know your focus point. Get your focus on the right thing so that, that you can be aligned with what God has for you. And verse 14, it keeps going. It said, when Jesus landed, so he had his little solitary moment where he got his focus realigned back onto what he was doing. He saw a large crowd, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Now, I love this because Jesus just came from losing his loved one into the mission again. Life doesn't stop. Life won't stop. It won't stop. And that's why it's so important that you keep your eyes on God. That's why right there. Because life's not going to stop. You're going to show up to a crowd of people who are waiting to hear what you have to say. Whether you're going through a great time or a bad time. Whether you're feeling it or feeling like junk. God has designed you for greatness. He's designed you for a purpose. And when you show up on that land and you see the crowd what will your heart do? Will it be like, oh, my word, they just want, they always want. It's about me. And Jesus got his focus aligned. But when Jesus landed, he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. And as evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Now, Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. Don't you know he kind of said it like that too? You know, I, I guarantee he had those dad moments with his disciples where he's like, are you serious? No, they don't need to go away. How you doing? Welcome, welcome. So they're like, Jesus, let's send the crowds away. Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said, we have here only five loaves of bread and two fish. Basically what Jesus was saying is, don't be a problem solver, be a problem, or don't be a problem finder, be a problem solver. Did anybody, anybody's parents ever say that to you? Man, don't be, don't be one that finds all the issues. Be the one to solve the issues. The disciples were looking, saying, how are we going to feed these people? And Jesus like, you feed them. You can do it. 
Look at, look at where, where you are. You are it. And it's, it's funny because we always look at what we lack instead of what he's already supplied. And see, that we have to understand that Jesus has everything in his hands for us to do exactly what he's called us to. And so in, in John, it talks about how Jesus turned to Philip. Now we have to understand that when he landed, he landed in Bethsaida. Now, Bethsaida was Philip's hometown. He was like back in his homeland. He knew the place. So Jesus looked at Philip and he said, how are we going to feed all these people? Where are we going to get enough food to feed these people? And I'm sure Philip was like the numbers guy or something because he was, that was his expertise when Jesus called him out and said, how are we going to feed him? You know, everybody knows it's Philip who's going to know how we're going to feed these people. And Philip, he starts to do his little calculator, you know, his little wooden calculator because they didn't have real calculators back then. But he did his little calculator and he said, this is going to take half a year's wage to feed these people. Can you imagine half a year's of your wage? That's crazy. But I think what Jesus was doing is he was taking Philip's expertise and he was expanding it. Because when we come to the end of ourselves, that's when God has to step in in order to go forward. And see, when you come to the end of yourself and you say, you know what, I can't do anything else, that's when God can kind of expand your expertise and start to show that your efforts can be empowered. He can empower your efforts to show that, that he's in this. He's in this. He's got you. He's got a hold of your heart. Jesus always wants to take your expertise and expand it and give you an experience with the extraordinary. And that's what Jesus is all about. He's all about taking what you think is just not enough and, and showing you that don't keep your eyes on the scarcity, but keep your eyes on the sufficient. Keep your eyes on the one who holds all the resource. So my second point is know your resource. You got to know your resource. Know where your help comes from. Know that it's not in your hands alone, it's in God's hands, and he wants to do exactly what he wants to do. And, and sometimes we count the cost, and I think about the disciples, because, you know, they're looking down at their hands, and, and how many have ever had those moments where God's calling you to do something great, and all of a sudden you look at your checking account? He's called you to give something big, and you look at your checking account. They say, God, I don't know if you're seeing the same numbers, but um, they're not lining up with what you've called me to do. I remember back when God first called me um, to preach. And it was, a, it was a moment that I literally, I was a scared kid, insecure. I, I hated talking in front of people. And I remember that moment talking to God saying, God, are you sure? Do you, do you realize what I have to work here with? You know, I, I, don't like, I don't like what you're calling me to. But God looks past that. God looks past what we see in our hands. And because we always count the cost with earthly currency. We don't count the cost with what's current in eternity. See, you have to take your, your eyes off of what's current here on earth and put it on what's current up in heaven. And when you know your resource doesn't come from earth, you know that you have enough and what it takes to do it. Anne is into these Shopkins. Have you ever seen Shopkins? They're about this big. There's a billion of them, and they're all over my house. And I find them in the middle of the night. In the, it doesn't matter what time. We'll find them with bare feet on, you know. I have my bare feet on. Do you ever have bare feet on? It's awesome. Take your shoes off. Put your bare feet on. But Shopkins, she loves these Shopkins, and she wants to collect them all. And uh, one time I asked her, I said, Ane, how are you going to afford all these Shopkins? 
Because you have to understand they're in seasons, and the seasons never end. There's a new season every month, and it's like season 42, going on season, you know, 111. It, it never ends. I'm like, Anna, how are you going to afford all these Shopkins with all the money that's in your piggy bank? Because it's like some pennies in there. And she looks at me, and with her three-year-old eyes, she just gave me a look like, and she said, Daddy, I'm going to use your monies. And I said, why didn't I think of that? Of course. Of course you are. You're going to use daddy's money because daddy's money never runs dry. Right? I'm like an endless bank account. I got money for days. And in and, and her mind, daddy is going to take care of it. What if we had that kind of faith to say, yeah, we can't see what's in our, our hands. It, it doesn't look like enough. But I'm going to use your money. I don't have enough talent and ability. Maybe you may be looking at yourself and saying, I don't have enough talent and ability to do this. And then we look up and say, we're going to use your talent. We're going to use your ability. We're going to use your power. Because it's got to be out of our hands. It's got to be out of our hands. And you have to know your resource because if you don't, you're going to drive yourself nuts trying to accomplish what God called you to. Because God calls you to great things. I, I don't know if you've ever talked to God, but he's a big thinker. Amen? Man, he's a big thinker. He blows my mind with dreams. And sometimes I'll be praying, I'll be like, God, yo, slow it down. I'm, you know, and I thank God all the time. Thank you for not showing me everything. Because I think I'd faint. I think I'd be right there and I'd be like, babe, come save me. I'm overwhelmed. You know, Ashley is my taking my overwhelmed and making it make sense so I don't freak out. You have anybody in your life like that? I'm all over the place. And so when I start dreaming stuff, I start getting bigger. And then I see the details and I'm like, Oh, my word, I'm going to die. I don't have enough hours in the day. And I believe that God wants to blow our minds with what he's called us to do. And we have to take this promise to heart, Philippians 4.13. And you all know it well, right? I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Not in my own strength. See, you got to catch that. It's not in my own strength. It's in his strength that I can do all things. In my strength, I can only do some. But in his strength, all of a sudden it takes that sum and makes it everything. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. You know what we have to do? We have to keep our eyes on where our power comes from and not on the things that his power comes to solve. See, so many times we have our eyes on the things that his power is coming to solve. It looks overwhelming. It's huge. Look at all this. Look at all the crazy uh, poverty in this city. Look at all the people hurting. How are we going to reach them all? And we're looking at the things that his power is coming to solve instead of looking where our power comes from. Because God has all the power in the world to, to solve all the issues that we see around us. That's why we got to claim the promise. In all things, in all things, we can do everything through him who gives us strength. And we take our focus off the scarcity and on to the powerful. And I love verse 18. When the disciples are coming to him with the two fish and the, uh, the five loaves. And, and Jesus says this in verse 18. He says, bring them here to me. Basically, what he's saying to him is, are you done yet? Are you done with your little fit? Talking about what you can't do. Are you done yet? 
Have you come to the end of yourself yet? See, I believe Jesus was taking him on a journey, and I don't know if you've ever been there where he's taking you on a journey to know that you can't do this on your own. And Jesus finally looks at him and says, bring him here to me. Okay, enough, I understand. Bring him here to me. And what happens is when we put him in his hands, when we put it in his, his hands, everything we put in his hands becomes everything we need for everything he's called us to do. Because everything that's in his hands is enough. But if it's in our hands, it ain't enough. Okay? You ever been there? It ain't enough. You can't love enough to put your marriage back together. You can't work hard enough to have enough money to give to everybody. You can't work hard enough to have enough talent and ability to solve all the world's issues. You can't. But with God involved, it becomes everything you need. And I love that about God, that he doesn't call us to things we can't accomplish. That we're not just working in vain over things that don't make sense. We're working because he's called us to something we can't accomplish through him. But we have to get our focus and know where our resource comes from. In verse 19, he goes on, he says, He directed the people to sit down on the grass, take the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. Now, I think this is so profound, and this is the, the thing. If you catch this, this will change your life forever. To know that everything that comes, it, once we give it to him and his hands, he makes it enough that he gives it back to us to give to someone else. And that's the assembly line. If we get that down, we will see a move of God like we've never seen before. What the prophets spoke about long time ago when they said signs and wonders will stop the world in their tracks and they will look and say, what is God doing? That's what we're living in right now. But we have not yet seen the outpouring of his spirit because we've not yet grabbed onto the promise that he has for us. Because we've not yet understood it goes into his hand first and then it comes back into our hand and now it's enough that we can give to the world. Man, he's called us for this. He's called us for this. And it came to the disciples, and the disciples gave it out. And then what happened? They all ate and were satisfied. That's a lot of food. There's 5,000 men alone. Then you add some wives and kids. That's crazy. And he fed them all with the scarcity of what they thought they had. Why? Because they gave it to the Savior. And in his hands, it became everything they needed to accomplish everything he was calling them to do. Isn't that amazing? Don't you love that? Are you ready for God to use you to bring the super to the natural? Because you woke up, because you wake up every day, you are the answer to someone's prayer. And someone who is hungry and dying and lost and hurting, you walk in with the answer because God's put it on your heart and I love this because God gives us the keys of the kingdom that wherever we go, we unlock things that have been locked for years. And the world's scratching their heads saying, how do we get these doors open? And they've been trying everything. The government, the nonprofits, the business leaders, the people with all the money are pouring things into trying to solve all these issues. But guess what? They can't do it without the kingdom. And that's why it's so important that we catch this. That we walk in the spirit because because we are here, we are bringing the kingdom of heaven with us. Y'all believe me? We're bringing the kingdom of heaven with us. 
And so everywhere we go, we start to fill people up. Everywhere we go, we start to answer the solution. We become the solution to the problems. Everywhere we go. But sometimes we get caught up in the details and forget about the directions. Uh, when we drive, Ashley is the navigator and I am the driver. I'm very good at my job and she is very good at her job. But sometimes when she says left, I hear right. And sometimes when she says right, I hear left. And I don't know what it is, but I think I just get caught up in the details of driving. Because it's beautiful. You ever get there? Or you get caught up in the details of the city. And it's beautiful. And you're like, oh, my word, I never saw that building over there. And she's like, why do you have your turn signal on right? I said, because you said right. She said, no, I said left. I was like, oh, ah. And then you're cutting people off. People are getting mad at you. Because you're caught up in the details. But we need to understand it's in the directions that God just says, hey, listen, just take it out of my hands and put it into someone else's. And sometimes we get so stressed out, we need to realize it's really simple. Our mission literally is, is encapsulated in one sentence. Extend to others what has been extended to you. Extend to others what God has extended to you. Because in his hands, there's more than enough for what is at hand. Man, God's going to use you. I am so excited about what God is going to do in our team because you know what? I believe the greatest days are yet to come. I believe you have yet to see the outpouring of God's spirit on your life. You have yet to see the most amazing, profound days in your job, in your family, in, on the street, when you're doing your thing and you're talking to people. I believe that you have not yet seen the wisdom that God wants to pour out of your life, the, the miracles that God wants to do through your prayers, the things that God wants to do in you because he's going to heal the world through you. But if we get caught up in everything else, we miss out on that. So we have to get our focus point right. We have to know where our resource comes from. And lastly, we need to know our capabilities and know that when we walk in the scene, that we bring his supernatural to the scene. Know your capabilities. Because if you walk in that, then you, you can walk in his power, his greatness, his amazing presence. And we close with this, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. Aren't you glad he didn't say in your strengths? <laughs> he said in your weakness. That part of you that not everybody knows. The part that you try to hide. God says my power is made perfect in that. That you can't stand about yourself. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. There will be a day when you walk onto the scene and there will be thousands of people waiting on you. And the question is, are you going to try to divvy up five loaves of bread into little pieces so everybody can have a little morsel? Or will you be ready? 
with a miracle. Will you be ready to flow in God's presence and God's power and let him use you to change the world, to bring change everywhere you go? I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm excited. I'm excited because I feel like if we get this right, this is exactly how God is going to change the world through individuals like me and you that are weak, that are flawed, but by his power and spirit, we are empowered to do great and mighty things in him. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you so much for your power and greatness. And Jesus, I just pray for those that are here today that you would do a mighty work in their life. You would show them what they are to do. God, you have an amazing way of speaking to the inmost parts of our soul and our spirit. And God, I pray that whatever we've brought in here today, whether it be pain or, or hardship or, or things that have gone on in our life that are just crazy hard right now, I pray that you would bring healing. You would bring about your presence and do what only you can do, God. Get us ready for what you have for us to accomplish here on earth. And we trust you and we love you. And we understand that it's in your hands that we have everything that we need to accomplish what you've called us to. We love you, Jesus, and we trust you. In your name, everybody said, amen.